Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here, another week of broadcasts, and so grateful that we're able to uh, kind of uh, saddle in here and do what we do. Uh, tomorrow, of course, is Reformation Day. Uh, it's a big day in the Lutheran Church, and it's some other holiday, too. I can't remember. What, what, what's the... Oh, All Hallowed Eve. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into, the, into that a little bit more in depth tomorrow. But we do have a, uh, a story to kick things off here that's going to give us a chance to do some analysis, balance, and clarity. You know, it's interesting. I wonder, I was thinking about this over the weekend. It was interesting to get the New York Times alerts on Saturday night. We didn't have the World Series on. Uh, of course, thrilling game on Friday night. And uh, former Dodger Corey Seager sending it into extra innings, then Adolis Garcia. Wow. And then Arizona came back and said, be quiet. We're going to take game two. So we'll see what happens tonight in game three out in Arizona. But we were we were just kind of watching something innocuous and doing some work around the house. And I got two alerts in succession, one of them at about uh, nine o'clock or so, uh, informing us that the the star of the television show, uh, Matthew Perry from Friends, um, had passed away. And uh, rather tragic. A friend of mine knew him pretty well, and uh, it was sad to see somebody at the age of 54, you know, succumb. And then about four hours later, New York Times shows up and has this breaking news. And, I, and it made me kind of chuckle because they were so bent on the update on Israel. The ground forces are moving in and liberation of Gaza and all this stuff. Israel's on the attack once again. And then you know, they were so bent on that that they missed a story that was probably of greater interest to a larger audience. I'm not saying to greater importance, but certainly of greater interest. And it got me just reminded of the fact yet again that we here in the media world and in the body of Christ in particular, everybody who uses media, which is everybody, um, sometimes the outrage that we feel, the insecurity we feel, the uh, certainty that we feel is selective in the sense that it comes from a media source that's really just trying to keep you engaged in doing what they do. I mean, that the reality is, uh, yesterday I was reading, uh, actually reading through some things online after church, and I came across a, a blog post from Matt Walsh, the blogger who's very, very popular in the Christian community. I think he blogs for the Daily Wire now, and he has a, a podcast show. As a matter of fact, I, I'm pretty sure he got, we go up against him in a couple of markets. And Matt made a, I mean, he's a remarkable talent in that he, good insights he was like hosting a morning show on a christian radio station in delaware and he started blogging right around the time people started you know really blogging seriously and hit the matt walsh blog just took off people he really resonated with people here's a guy in his late 20s articulate a little bit angry about what's happening in the culture devout catholic um husband and father and now he's got a tv show he moved to nashville um, and, and he's kind of a respected figure. And he was going on and on and on and on about this thing that happened at the Gospel Music Awards Association. That they, um, you know, there's the Grammy Awards for uh, contemporary and traditional recorded music based on the American Gramophone Association or something like that. Years ago, the Gospel Music Association started something called the Dove Awards. That's kind of what we used to call the Christian Grammys. And I'll be honest with you, when I was playing Christian music on a regular basis here in Southern California back in the 80s, uh, the GMA, the Dove Awards, it was a huge thing. Nowadays, I'm honestly surprised they still do it because Christian music has gone so mainstream and the, the, the industry used to do it just as kind of a group hug to let people know that we were all, you know, still there and supporting them. And it was fun to go to Nashville and, you know, go to the award show and that type of stuff. This past year, though, they just aired the awards and... Apparently, there's a guy who used to be in a Christian band. I won't mention the band or the guy. 
and he has uh, uh, he's kind of given up on his faith, and so he detransitioned. He's an ex-evangelical or whatever. And he is now supporting some guy who's a drag queen and they made a record together or something like that. And, and apparently it charted on Christian music only because everything's digitized now. And so the algorithms are like, well, since this guy was involved in the record and he used to be a Christian band, they, they actually had a number one hit. This guy who was a drag queen, had a number one hit on a Christian chart. And so he was at the Dove Awards. And Matt Walsh was all upset and why aren't these people, you know, condemning this? And, you know, Christian leaders have been suspiciously silent over transgender things and this, that, and the other thing. And it got me thinking, you know, are, are we, the, and again, I, I'm not condoning what this guy did. I mean, not by a long shot. But what I am curious about is why those types of things always get our attention so much, that kind of outrage, and how many decisions are made based on the fact that there is outrage that's kind of more media driven than not now obviously as christians we should be concerned about the growing number of young people who feel that their gender is fluid and should be getting hormone replacement therapy and gender affirming care as they call it which is basically mutilating their bodies and forcing them into making decisions you know one way or the other but the one thing that just kind of kept hanging around for me in this whole story was should we speak out again you know Jesus said in scripture, you know, it would be better for someone to be, have a millstone thrown around his neck and to uh, be thrown into the deepest sea than to harm one of these little ones. So, I mean, obviously that's the care and protection of children should be at the forefront. But I also begin to wonder, are we just canceling everything and everybody because they don't fit our narrative? I mean, one of Matt's points in the video was that he said, uh, you know, if quite frankly, if I'm working the door at the Dove Awards, these two guys show up in dresses I'm sending them away. That's the Christian response. And I thought, well, wait, is that the Christian response? I mean, I meant that sincerely as I was talking to myself about this. Is that the Christian response? Is the Christian response to tell somebody who used to be a professing Christian who now lives this wild outlandish lifestyle, you're not welcome here? I mean, I think about Jesus with Matthew, formerly Levi. And when Matthew comes to faith, and decides to become, you know, answers Jesus' call to become a disciple, He then what does he do? He has a big party for all of his buddies, and he invites Jesus, and Jesus goes. And the Pharisees say, why are you there? He's a tax collector. These people are tax collectors. He's hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes and this, that, and the other thing. Why are you dining with them? And Jesus' response is, I mean, I didn't come here for the saved. I came here for the lost. Roger paraphrase. I mean, in all honesty, isn't it the sick who need the doctor and not the well? I mean, if I'm really true to my calling as a Christ follower, am I not compelled to look at a guy like this guy who used to sing in a Christian band who now wore a dress to the double Awards? Am I not compelled to share the, the gospel with him? Now, there are a lot of people who would misconstrue that and say, you know what, you just welcome him. Give him a big old hug, compliment him on his dress and let him come sit next to you. You know, give him the best seat in the house. That, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is if you have a son or a daughter who wanders away from the faith, gets involved in this horrific lifestyle, shaves their head and puts a swastika tattoo on the side, and then knocks on the door and says, hey, it's Thanksgiving, can I come home for dinner? What are you going to say? Are you going to say, you have a swastika on your head, you're not welcome here, you're not part of my family anymore? Or are you going to say, my son who was lost is now returned home? Realizing that they may come home and they may throw every racial epithet at you at the book they might they might be spouting out some of the most unchristian things you've ever heard but they're here 
And maybe they're trying to get a rise out of you, and maybe they're trying to say, help, I don't know what else to do. I've really made a mess of my life, and I want to come home. Isn't that the essence of the gospel message? I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be concerned tomorrow over trick-or-treating and Halloween and wearing costumes, and I'm not suggesting at all. We were driving through the neighborhood over the weekend, and my goodness, some people really get into these decorations. I mean, really get into it. And having been part of a Lutheran church for half my life, our simple solution has been twofold. First of all, you have a harvest festival because churches don't want to use the term Halloween. But secondly, you stress the spiritual emphasis of All Hallowed Eve. October 31st, 1517 is the day that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door at the Church of Wittenberg. November 1st is the day after All Hallowed Eve, and it's All Saints Day. And Luther encouraged people to celebrate All Hallowed Eve by celebrating the triumph of good over evil. So if you want to have spooks and goblins and dead people and whatever it is, that's fine as long as you're showing your kids, hey, they are the ones who are on the losing side. And encourage your kids to dress up like church figures and historical features, that type of thing. Enjoy it. But make sure you're celebrating for the right reasons. Some of the stuff we saw with the graveyards in the front yard and there's some videos of making it look like there are people trapped in your home. It's, it's crazy what people will do for Halloween. It's interesting to see how many parents, you know, Christian parents especially, who would say, hey, you know what, we're not going to, uh, uh, we're not going to let our kids go to school on Halloween because we don't want just to see all sorts of weird stuff. And I remember when my girls in particular were in middle school, the big thing to do for Halloween costumes was mom's would dress their sons up like girls. And we're not talking just put a dress on and whatever. We're talking full makeup. We're talking medicures and pedicures. We're talking thong underwear under their dresses. We're talking the whole nine yards. And we wonder why some of those kids today are the ones who are parenting kids who are just mysteriously transgender. I mean, you don't find, you don't find people who have well-rounded, solid, biblical, foundational Christian home life wandering off in this direction. There's always a screw loose somewhere. But there's a New Jersey school district that has canceled their school-wide Halloween celebrations, but they've done so for a slightly different reason. And on the other side of this break, I want to get into the reasons why possibly... Maybe even the left is starting to get tired of cancel culture as well. Is it possible that diversity, equity, and inclusion would compel a school district to cancel Halloween? We're going to talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Today being October 30th, it means tomorrow is October 31th. And that is, uh, I know it's 31st. I just said that to have some fun. Um, October 31st, of course, is All Hallowed Eve. It's the Reformation Day for those of us the Protestant side of the uh, Christian equation. It's the day that Martin Luther nailed his uh, 95 theses to the door at the church at Wittenberg. And please understand, that was, I mean, that was the method of communication back in Luther's day. It's not like he said, you know, you got that beautiful church door there. I'm going to nail these things up here. People nailed announcements and things like that to the church door all the time. What made Martin Luther's nailing uh, so special and significant is the fact that he was basically taking issue with the Catholic Church. He was studying to be a Jesuit priest. He saw 95 different things about the Roman Catholic Church that he thought were contra to uh, biblical teaching. And as a result, they wound up excommunicating him from the Catholic Church. 
He didn't start stop preaching and teaching the gospel. And now we have what we, I mean, the Protestant Reformation began and the Lutheran Church basically evolved out of the ashes there. And it, it kind of spurred on a whole new, uh, well, 500 years later, we find ourselves really benefiting, reaping the benefits of what Martin Luther had brought. But a lot of Christians look at Halloween with disdain and say, we don't, we're not going to celebrate it because it's this even, evil pagan holiday without realizing that, well, quite frankly, on the day before All Saints Day, we celebrate All Hallowed Eve, where we basically celebrate the, the triumph of, uh, of, of truth over evil, of life over the grave. And it doesn't have to be just a celebration of death, but rather it's a commemoration and celebration of life over death. But that wasn't good enough for Dr. Ronald G. Taylor. Uh, he, the superintendent of the South Orange and Maplewood School District, S-O-M-S-D, Somsud, in New Jersey. On October the 6th, he sent a letter to the parents in all of the kids in all those, uh, that, that one district and explained why Halloween celebrations in the district would have to be canceled during school time. He wasn't going to allow it. Now, is this guy an evangelical Christian who said, oh boy, I'm gonna, this is my opportunity. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stand for the faith and uh, say, set the wheels in motion for people to have a conversation about, you know, if you want to celebrate Reformation Day or Martin Luther's uh, 95 Theses, that's fine, but no ghouls and goblins here. Well, no, that's not the reason why he canceled the uh, Halloween celebrations. In fact, let me use his own words to explain. Quote, as you know, SOMSD, South Orange and Maplewood School District, is committed to promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion meaningfully not just saying those words, but also promoting an inclusive school. Our aim is to build a consistent approach across the district as to how our schools observe and celebrate holidays and special events. Each year, questions arise from families, students, and staff about what SOMSD schools will be doing regarding Halloween. Can you <laughs> see where this one's going? The district reflected on the following questions. Quote, is promoting school-sponsored Halloween activities creating indirect and unintentional financial hardships for students and families? Now, depending on the economic makeup of that, I, I, that's a fair question, I guess. Well, I don't know what unintentional financial hardship there would be unless... They're referring to the fact that some students go all out and spend a lot of money on costumes and spend a lot of money on candy and this, that, and the other thing. And other students might feel inadequate because they can't. Um, you know, I, I grew up in an area where it was a fairly nice, well-to-do. We, we, we weren't super to-do, but we had the means. My dad was an administrator in the educational world. My mom was a school teacher. We, we didn't suffer, but we didn't, you know, weren't lavish with stuff. I went to school with kids who had way more than I did. Never felt this whole, you know, <laughs> you did the best you could, right? Uh, second, do school-sponsored Halloween activities violate the dignity of some of our students and families, either culturally or religiously? Now, I have to admit, I like that question. I'm glad that the district actually put that out there. How many people of faith? Now, I'm sure they were probably not thinking of Christianity as much as they might be thinking of Islam, for example, um, because in certain parts of the eastern seaboard, there are some schools, I think Massachusetts has a district where they celebrate all the main holidays of all three Abrahamic religions, which means Christianity, Judaism, Islam. 
And the reason is because it's almost an even split, 33%, one-third, 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 Christians, Jews, and Muslim students. That's equity to me. But to some people, it's not. And then third question that the uh, New Jersey School District asked was, does the promotion of school-sponsored Halloween activities create tensions within the equities and access values of SOMSD? Um, I'm not quite sure what that means, to be honest with you, but it sounds like legalese and uh, cultural social justice jargon that a lot of people use these days. I mean, how do these Halloween, I mean, school-sponsored Halloween activities, how do they create tension with regard to equity? I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, seriously, I'm, I'm still trying to work on that one. The superintendent's letter continued. Ultimately, it was determined that I know this may make some uncomfortable and elicit some challenges across our community. However, in the end, I feel these recommendations align with our district's commitment to building equity. So on the school district's website, another release stated principals were surveyed on whether school-sponsored Halloween celebrations should continue or be replaced with a festival that is focused on autumn. The state, they state that the principal's, quote, overwhelming response favored canceling Halloween celebrations in school. Uh, Dr. Kevin Gilbert is the assistant superintendent of Access and Equity. Now, if you wonder, and again, I say this in all love and respect to anybody that is listening to the Bottom Line Show on a regular basis who works in public education. And, and here's the reason why. I remember my dad and I having this conversation many years ago. I was asking him why the cost of... Uh, college education kept going up. And yet it seemed like the level of education was essentially the same. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't getting any better. And he said, too much administration. And that, you know, my dad was, he, he could answer a big, <laughs> heavy question like that with one simple answer. The more I dug into it, the more I began to realize he was right and how right he was. At one point when we first started the Bottom Line show, I haven't checked the numbers recently, so it's probably gotten worse. The University of California system in California uh, 20 plus campuses, I believe. No, that's the state. CSU system has 20. The UC system has like 12. 220,000 students statewide in the University of California system. You know how many people they have on staff in the University of California system? 170,000. Now, let me, let me ask you the question. If the average class has maybe 25 to 30 students, maybe it's a lecture that's got 60 to 70 to 100 or 200 or more students, do we really need 170,000 people on the payroll in the University of California for 220,000 students? But then you begin to see the layers of um, the, the, the bureaucracy. You've got Dr. Ronald Taylor, who's the superintendent of the uh, school district here in uh, New Jersey, the SOMSD. And then you have Dr. Kevin Gilbert, who's the assistant superintendent of Access and Equity. Here's his reason why they canceled the Halloween celebrations at school. Quote, all of us realize that this breaks with what the district has usually done, and that could be a difficult thing to do sometimes. Often working to instill greater equity in our district begins with recognizing that we cannot do what we always have done. But with this decision, we are taking a step closer to uploading, excuse me, upholding our community's access and equity values. Um, okay, so here's what Governor Phil Murphy, a Democrat, responded to on X, which is the former Twitter, Elon Musk's handle. Uh, News 12 New Jersey, 
tweeted out, in case you missed it, the South Orange Maplewood School District believes ending Halloween celebrations will help them move forward in building equity, fostering inclusion, and building a sense of belonging throughout the school's, uh, school year. And then there's a link to their article about it. So here's what Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey wrote back. He said, seriously? We can't just let kids celebrate Halloween? Give me a break. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Now, the district said, quote, no costumes can be worn during school hours, and that's the key. None of this can happen during school hours, but you can do this type of stuff after school hours. And then they also said, if you want to partner with the PTA or the HSA or other outside organizations to do themed events after school hours, go right ahead. I have a couple of thoughts on this as to why I don't agree with it, but then one observation that we in the body of Christ will probably get a good chuckle out of. Let's take a look at those on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, Halloween is tomorrow. Reformation Day, also tomorrow, All Hallowed Eve in the here of the church. And a New Jersey school district decided enough in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, they canceled all Halloween stuff. You can't even wear a costume. There will be no handing out of candy on school hours because it's just not fair to all the kids or some of the kids or whatever it is. Um, observation number one, I think it's very interesting that the le- whenever the left starts eating itself, I mean, they're cannibalizing themselves. In the name of diversity, equity, inclusion, they're basically excluding everyone from what for most kids is you put on a silly costume, as long as it's not, you know, highly offensive, everybody exchanges candy, no harm, no foul. Now the school won't let them even do that. Number one, I think that's very interesting. Number two, let's make sure the kids, if they do this, do it after school hours, which is a public school ploy, it seems like for years. How can we keep your kids on campus longer? Well, here's another reason. Third, don't you find it interesting that instead of doing Halloween celebrations, they're going to have autumnal celebrations instead? You know, harvest festivals. You know those Halloween alternatives that churches have been doing for 40 years? Now that's okay in the public school system? Don't back down, brothers and sisters, from what God is calling you to do. If you don't feel led to do a, you know, a Halloween theme, but you want to do a harvest festival with a trunk or treat, knock yourself out because the world is paying attention. 
and they're watching this. But fourth, in all honesty, the left doesn't really understand how all of their how many people get excluded in their programs designed to promote inclusion. Um, we don't have to win this culture war. We just have to stay true to our calling as Christians. Amen. All right. I will put the article up at thebottomlineshow.com if you want to have a look at it. Coming up next, today is Movie Monday, and we have a great movie to share with you. Oh, my goodness, such a fascinating movie. Uh, Elliot Wallach is the producer of a brand new movie called God of Heaven and Earth. And the thing about God of Heaven and Earth that's such an amazing, uh, well, just an amazing feat, is it takes a look at the Star of Bethlehem and other iconic, uh, just heroic uh, aspects of our faith in Christ. And through the skeptical eyes of an attorney who was not a believer until he started following this, now he has left his full-time law practice and preaches this gospel all around the world about why the Star of Bethlehem is such an amazing, amazing fact and feature. And how many other parts of the gospel story are now scientifically provable and should give our hearts hope. God of Heaven and Earth will be in theaters on Sunday, uh, November 5th and Monday, November 6th. And we've got a link up at thebottomlineshow.com. If this program does well enough, it's going to stay in theaters. But quite frankly, those are the only two days it's going to be on right now. And Elliot's given me a couple of pair of tickets to give away to Movie Monday for this great new movie, God of Heaven and Earth, uh, premiering next Sunday, November 5th, and next Monday, November 6th, in theaters nationwide. Uh, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have the trailer for God of Heaven and Earth up at thebottomlineshow.com, and it is a dandy. Anytime anybody tries to marginalize our faith and put it into some kind of box and then dismiss it, it's amazing how some of those weapons of warfare that they use, in this case, science, can actually be used against them. Not that we're trying to bludgeon them over the head and you know win every battle because, I mean, Jesus won the war ultimately over sin and death and hell. But a movie like God of Heaven and Earth gives you a lot more ammunition for having that conversation about how the science with regard to our faith is actually settled and for our favor. Uh, we're going to talk about this great movie coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. When you were in an accident, Stephanie Cover of Cover Law is the only personal injury attorney you need. Stephanie talks to victims all the time who wish they would have signed with her first. Unfortunately, once you've signed a retainer with a different attorney, Stephanie can't represent you. So it's crucial to have Stephanie's number handy now and make the smart call the first time. Stephanie is the right attorney to represent your personal injury claim, specifically because she worked for insurance companies for 20 years, so she knows the best questions to ask and when. Stephanie knows when things don't sound accurate, and she knows when she's being deceived. Stephanie is a Christian, and telling the truth is vital, so she holds professionals to that standard, too. Stephanie's unique blend of skill, expertise, and compassion get you real results. Bookmark Stephanie's website now so you don't have regrets, and pass it on to your friends and relatives who will need it. Just go to kbrightradio.com slash cover today to set up a free consultation. That's kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show here today on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm 
so thrilled to be looking into the eyes of a friend of mine who I've known for 20 plus years, but going back to the days of Homeward, he's been involved in Christian faith-based projects for so many years. I've gotten to see a lot of great things before they came out in the theaters because of this man. And now he is the producer of a brand new movie called God of Heaven and Earth that is just going to give you a whole different perspective on the star and just the history of Jesus and, and his birth here. Elliot Wallach is the producer of God of Heaven and Earth, and he joins me today here on The Bottom Line Show. Elliot, it is good to see you, my friend. Roger, it's exciting to see you. It's been a lot of years. It's official. I have arrived. Yes. <laughs> for all the behind the scenes work of the hay, would you like to see a premiere of this? And I've got some DVDs for that. Now we actually get to have a conversation on the, what remember when we first met, I was kind of playing second fiddle on a different program. So we, we wouldn't have had a chance to have a conversation except on air, but God of heaven and earth is amazing. I've never seen a movie like this. And I mean this sincerely because you know, bottom line listeners go, I watch a lot of movies, but it's kind of part documentary, part action adventure. And it really takes us on a trip biblically that we've never done before. Uh, Elliot, how did you get involved in this project? Wow. You know, um, I've, I've been familiar. There's a, a gentleman named Rick Larson, who is of all things, a, a former trademark attorney. He's actually a professor. He's a teacher at A&M, but he, um, he's all of us could think of somebody like this. So he's just an amazing intellect. Like these guys that could have been a great neurologist or geologist or whatever he wanted, but he's also an incredibly, just a great man of faith, very familiar with scripture. And he ended up uh, working with this church to teach a block on external evidences of the Bible and found this kind of obscure theory about what the star of Bethlehem was. And he deep dived into it. And then he had come up with this full presentation and it is absolutely astounding. And I met him back in the days that like what, what you're talking about. Now he's got this footage of these things that I said, you know, we've, we've got to put this together into a film and then phenomenally getting it out in theaters. And so your listeners kind of understand, you know, when, you know, I think a lot of us, we grew up, I think even atheists, all of us see you go to the mall and there's the nativity scene, right? You know, and you're walking there and it's like all, all the players are there. It always kind of cracked me up. The wise men are there. The donkey's there. The shepherds <laughs> are there. Everybody's going there while, while Mary's delivering her baby. I was like, can I have some privacy? You know, it's like you sort of, it's sort of a unique ex approach. And you could imagine where somebody doesn't have a faith. We're like, you know, you guys have a very bizarre religion. And then when they really dive into what actually happened, it almost becomes more fantastic. I mean, what was it that caused these wise men, whether it had been three or 30 or however many, but these guys see traveling 700 miles, very dangerous terrain to go see Herod, who's, who's probably kind of a dangerous guy, yeah, you know, and to, to go to, right. And to go to him, King, King of Israel, the leader of Israel, and to say, hey, take us to the King of Israel. We want to worship him. And whatever they whatever they talked to him about, whatever they saw in the sky that convinced them to go out there, and whatever they described to Herod freaked him out enough that he's like tried to trick him, couldn't do it. He's like, you know, I th I'm going to err on the side of caution. I think I'll just kill everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and then and then it talks about how they went to Bethlehem and they saw the star hanging over Bethlehem. When does that ever happen? It is so amazing. But this, but what Rick put together and what this movie does is it comes up with a very plausible explanation of every single thing. Because the star wasn't one thing. You know, it was, you know, you figured you have a course of events here where these guys saw it. These guys traveled. It wasn't like they got there in a day. There was birth. But then what's so incredible, the movie takes it forward and shows you what the sky was doing at the crucifixion of Christ. It mm. is amazing 
but then, so then what ends up happening with the film, and I think this is maybe the most important part, is it defines a crucifixion date. Once you establish this timeline, yes. and because of evidences from the Bible, there's only one date that works, and it's April 3rd, 33 AD. And so then Rick goes on, and this thing's like decades in the making. He goes on and goes, was there anything else that now I know when to look? Like, if you don't know when to look, it doesn't matter where you look. Now I know when to look. And there's this part in Matthew 27 where it talks about that when Christ died, there was an earthquake. And this soldier was so astounded by this earthquake that in that moment, he said, okay, surely this was the son of God. And so what Rick does is he goes to Israel and he proves that an earthquake happens in 33 AD. Hmm. And what's nuts is I'm in Washington state. I cannot prove to you if an earthquake happened in Seattle in 33 AD or San Francisco or Ritzville or anywhere else. But the one place where it's the most important to know is the mm -hmm. one place you can definitively prove it happened. I don't care. Again, you can be an atheist, you can be an evangelist, but you don't get to leave this movie without being convinced that an earthquake happened to the year in 33 AD. It is, it is unbelievable. You've got two completely different scientific disciplines intersecting in agreement to the timing of, of what, we're, what we're reading in the Bible. It's amazing. Incredible. I, I wish I could get Elliot Wallach more excited about this project. I mean, the, the movie's called God of Heaven and Earth. Uh, the Rick Larson story that, uh, of an attorney who, who goes on this, as Elliot put it, deep dive and having seen this film and experienced it, we've got the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. I can't stress enough how important it is to go to the theaters on Sunday, November 5th and Monday, November 6th, because it's a two-day screening. As far as we know, there's a possibility that it could extend, and we'll talk about that a little later, how that all works. When you talk about the the, the, the counting of the days, Rick, uh, Elliot, I know that that when Rick said, okay, it's April 3rd, you know, 33 AD. And I remember thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, how can you, and I thought, no, I'm not, we're not predicting, we're going back and we're looking. Too many times I think Christians try to predict things that are gonna happen in the future, and we ignore the fact that God has left us this trail of evidence now of things that happened in the past. And even just something as basic as, you know, calculating the actual day of the earthquake, you know, when the when the Lord hung on the cross. Or the the thing that really got to me, and I 62 years old, right? I never really thought about this before. We always hang the star over somewhere. We put it on a Christmas tree, you know, it's over the manger, it's in all your nativity shots or whatever. But what that actually entails. I think a lot of times we think of stars and planets and things like that as being stationary, but that in and of itself is truly remarkable. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that you brought it up because it is funny, again, because I always think about sort of like Uncle Larry who thinks, you know, I'd have a better chance of getting him to swim with me, say, in Piranha than to get him to go to church because it just <laughs> seems all right. crazy. Because when yeah. you watch the movie about the Star of Bethlehem, it always looks like, always reminds me of like the police helicopter going over the back right. neighborhood at night, like the right. big bright light. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, you got to, if you got to explain this to Herod, I'm pretty sure he would have remembered that or a comet or a, or a supernova. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the phrases that we've coined for the film that I, I love is, um, you know, God's signature through time, because it is mm -hmm. literally like God put his signature to the sky as you're as when when you see this unfold. And what's really incredible is that the only people that would have really, truly appreciated what was happening would have been these wise men. It had to feel like the whole universe was speaking just to them because nobody else would have got it because they were the ones that were looking for it. But mm -hmm. once you look at this, the thing that's that's so moving to me as a as a as a believer is this means that God 
pushed all of these into existence, like pushed everything it had, because it's like a big clock. And if whatever the starting point was, it was before Adam. That means that God knew when Christ was going to be born. And as we find out in the film, knew when exactly to the hour when Christ would expire on the cross before Adam even bit the apple and broke his heart. You know, I, I find I find that there's a there's a sentimentality that you experience of God where the, the movie shows a perspective of the star of Bethlehem that nobody else even on earth could have seen. Only God would have even known. And and I don't want to give it away when, when you see it, but it's about halfway through the film. But it's something that that sh to me, it really showed me there's that God wanted to even if this is something that only he could even experience with it. And it all it really was marking the moment when Christ died on the cross. It is it is it is amazing. It is amazing to me that the the love and then at the same time, like think about the earthquake, that centurion, that soldier to anybody hanging out in Jerusalem. Those guys were like having a wedding or whatever they're doing. Like, wow, did you feel that? You know, it would have just been an earthquake. But to that centurion, that was his moment. That was that yeah. was his throw the net on the other side of the boat, Peter moment. Like it was like, okay, I don't even need anything else because I was here to witness this. He died and then the earth shook. That's the son of God right there. And wh whatever happened, he must have told somebody because Matthew found out through somebody. And it's now we all get to know. But in that moment, God shook the earth for who? For him. Mm -hmm. ultimately so he would tell everybody but that's the same thing god moved the universe and showed these stars to who well to these to these wise men you know and like i say when you when you have the inner it's like two witnesses in the bible when you have the intersection of these two sciences that's the part that i get excited about you know the, the scripture you can press it hard we either believe or it's like it's true it can take the scrutiny you know that's the thing i love about our faith it's it's i look the, my faith requires a lot less faith than a guy that can believe an aardvark can turn into a stockbroker, you know, <laughs> like that. I don't yeah. have that kind of faith. I don't. Right. That requires the kind of faith I don't have, you know, but this, the, you know, this kind of a thing. I mean, I've always believed the star of Bethlehem was the star. I believe scripture, but finding out what it was puts so much context to it. And it, I got to admit, it does strengthen my faith, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is important now more than ever. Well, I'm really enjoying this conversation today here with Elliot Wallach. He's the producer of the brand new movie, God of Heaven and Earth. We've got a link for the trailer, godofheavenandearthfilm.com, up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we will be giving away a couple pair of tickets uh, to this uh, screenings coming up on November 5th and 6th uh, at the end of the program. So stay with us through the break. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Elliot Wallach is producer of the new movie, God of Heaven and Earth. It's the amazing story of Rick Larson, a former attorney who is now professor and basically pastor for our purposes in this uh, incredible movie. It'll be in theaters on Sunday, November 5th and Monday, November 6th. And we got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, this is a different distribution company that we've worked with. I mean, in terms of uh, promoting this movie and letting people know it's here. And I should point out to bottom line show listeners, we're having conversation because Ellie and I and I have a long friendship and this is a great project. I mean, we're not buying stuff for each other or whatever. This is just, it's kind of fun to hang out. But this this project in theaters, you have to see it in theaters. And, and I would dare say you have to say it twice. I mean, at least twice, because there's so much information 
it's so, I mean, if you're kind of nerdy and geeky like I am, I love to go learn stuff so I could sit through documentaries all day long. But there's so much in this one, you want to go back and watch it twice. Now, I mentioned the two release dates, Elliot, but those aren't necessarily firm in terms of there may be others. Talk about that, if you want. Well, it would be, you know, I th- it would be kind of a theater thing. I mean, you know, I think for the most part, you know, listeners would want to just be prepared that it's November 5th, you know, and 6th, um, you know, we, you know, as it's gotten in theaters, it's been really remarkable to see it, you know, as this um, just be embraced where, like I say, it's, it's literally a national, you know, release, you know, our background and, and like to Roger's point, you know, my company Edify Media, we would do the publicity and the promotion predominantly in those days for 20th Century Fox, you know, and so I did the, the publicity from, you know, everything from the Passion of the Christ to, you know, uh, end of the spear beyond the gate splinter. And, you know, at one point I worked with the help for Disney. Now our focus is distribution and production. And then we, uh, for those uh, wind calls, the heart fans out there, shout out to you guys. Cause you go to wind yeah, calls, the heart, the hardies, mm-hmm. you know, we go to, you know, we do the uh, DVD distribution and the merchandise. Some people go to wind calls, the that redirects to the edify store. And that's a lot of fun to be a part of, but on, you know, my my background was I was in the military and I joined with a friend I'd known since eighth grade and we'd had all these parallels. We were born in the same hospital, but he ended up dying in Desert Storm. And hmm. I knew I wanted if there was a God, I wanted to know who he was based on fact. If I was going to give my right. life to God, I wanted it to be real. And so that that was the journey that I went on just to be just to go out and find truth. And like for those of you that maybe if you're out there and you don't believe anything, go if you're familiar with enough of, of who Jesus was and you go to Isaiah 53, that's like you're reading the New Testament. It'll blow your mind. But mm-hmm. that was one of those things. So to be part of a movie like this, to be able to reach somebody that might be seeking in the way I was, where they don't want necessarily to be preached at, but just to find something that, that can bring you to a logical conclusion, mm-hmm. you know, of what these guys see. Because, you know, the thing is, you know, when you're talking about like say a bright light or the way they 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 do it in the movies, is there anything about a bright light that says go to Israel? Is there anything about a bright light that says king of Israel? Is there anything you know about a a bright light that says you know uh, you know born? I mean you know any of that? And it's like this movie makes a very very compelling case as to here's what was happening in the speci- in the sky in this specific time. You know, and then you can, and then it's like I say, it, the, the the advantage that we have now is we have technology that I can show you exactly what people were looking at from Iraq, you know, in, you know, in 33 AD or in it's, 30 or in 2 AD. Yeah. It's incredible. Elliot Wallach is with me today here on the bottom line, producer of this brand new movie, God of Heaven and Earth. And we've got a link for God of Heaven and Earth film.com up at the bottom line show.com. You can see the trailer, you can get movie times. Uh, Elliot, who could have scripted this better in terms of the landscape and world events against which this is the backdrop for? I mean, and I could see where this is an opportunity for Christians to go and watch this movie and say, absolutely, this is strengthening my faith. I love it. But now that it's the holiday season, you know, Christmas is coming up, you know, Thanksgiving, things like that. And people are more open to having that conversation. You know, like you mentioned, Uncle Larry, you know, or whoever that person is in your world who is maybe amenable to it. Sure, I'll go see a movie about the Star of Bethlehem. Why not? 
You know, I mean, this is going to, I would imagine that the response from unbelievers who see this, uh, you know, any faith-based movie that does well has the core Christian audience, but then it's also able to attract other people to say, hey, you know, I can only imagine the story of father and son and reconciliation. I love that. I love the way you told it. What kind of early feedback are you getting from this project? Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. phenomenal. It, it's it's that's a lot of fun. You know, I mean, at, at my core, the, the best thing is to feel like you're affecting people. And if you're strengthening, you know, the faith, like I, you know, my, my passion is that movies are the most powerful art form ever created by man. Amen. You know, Amen. right. You know, yeah, I know, you know, right. You know, yeah. I mean, how many, you know, we've both been dealing with that space for decades and, and uh, you know, you, you can go experience a movie in 90 minutes. You can walk out a complete changed forever. And, yes. you know, my, my kid might argue video games, but I've never seen a video game change anybody forever. You know, I, I played a lot of Pac-Man. It didn't happen, but, uh, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but the, you know, the, the the thing is is to be able to take and see it you know see it where you have people coming away from the movie with their faith strength and even i've got a yes. very dear friend that doesn't really have a faith and he was like man i would have bought this and i'm like mm. i'm like wow what is speaking to him because mm -hmm. what's speaking to him is even different than what's speaking to me we have different perspectives but to your point you know what's more christmas than star of bethlehem you right. know i mean we put it on the top of the tree yeah you know yeah, that absolutely yeah what is we were talking about the theatrical release of course uh sunday november 5th monday november 6th this is a perfect uh, opportunity for you to uh, go see the movie of course get tickets in advance that type of thing but then there will be streaming at home there will be dvd that type of stuff what's the time frame on that i would hope it'd be around christmas it'd be, you know it, it'll 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 be this year you know i can't really release that because they're they're still you know some of it is incumbent on the theatrical sure you know sure. on it um you know, if I if I set a date, then I might have to join the witness protection program or something. Somebody <laughs> might come after me. You know, yeah. but you know, yeah. they want they you know obviously they want people to experience it in theaters. The thing I love yes, about the idea of experiencing well, and, and you know, it's such a nice. It's a first of all, movies are it's such a cool thing to be in the theater. You know, I, right. I was thinking about it the other day, you know, and you're in the theater and, and everybody's got these like home entertainment systems and everything. But why are people still going to the theater? And it, and it dawned on me, it's because they want to have the experience of experiencing it with other people having the experience. Yes, We're, we're yes. pack animals, you know, and to see people be moved in the same way. I mean, if you're in a youth group or you're in a life group or just your whole church, it's, there's no touching that experience versus having it like in your living room. You right. know, and and I say this as somebody that wants you to have it in, in your living room, obviously. But, you know, it's just there's there is it, there's a certain magic. You know, yeah. movies can inspire things that are great. Movies can inspire things that are bad. But this is one of those moments where it can really I think it can. It's like you can see that here the way Roger's talking about it. it just like it's a thing that just hangs with you and hangs with you and hangs with you because it's like, wow, this was this and this was that. It's it, you know, this is Star of Bethlehem was not one thing. I have. A very good friend in high school, we went to college together locally, and uh, we saw Officer and a Gentleman, and the next day he signed up for Officer's Candidate School and got in. He um, And it changed his whole life. So, I mean, I know exactly what it's like, you do too, to sit in a theater for two hours with other people around listening to their crying or laughing or gasping or whatever they're doing. And this, of all projects, because of where we are right now in the world, which was happening in the Middle East, uh, I can't think of a better opportunity for Christians to come together for fellowship and edification and for evangelism too than watching the movie God of Heaven and Earth. And uh, it's in theaters on Sunday, November 5th and Monday, November 6th. Uh, Elliot Wallach is the producer uh, with Edify Media. And uh, we're so grateful to have had the time. Uh, 60 seconds left, Elliot. The microphone, the platform is yours. What Make your best pitch for why we need to buy tickets for this thing now. 
Well, you know, it, when we're talking about a movie change in your life, nothing changes your life more than faith, you know, and, you know, faith, it's impossible to please God without faith and anything that we can do to water and, 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 you know, water that faith that you already have or seed the faith that somebody doesn't have. It's hard to imagine anything more important. You know, I, I have a dream that I'll make a lot of movies in the future and inspire people in different ways, but I don't know if I'll ever do anything as important as trying to build or introduce somebody to a faith. And this is going to be one of those movies that when you go, when you watch it, it's, you're going to be astounded. You're not you're going to be fascinated, but there's going to be awestruck moments where you will see the heart of God in a different kind of way than, you know, you'll see sentimentality, but you'll also see how much God moves things before even the universe was made just for just for the people that he loves. It's it's really that's one of the things that really moved me. God mm. of heaven and earth.com. You can keep an eye on us on edifyfilms.com. And uh, like I say, it's our it's our mission to serve you. Well, you've done a great job of encouraging us and inspiring us too here, Elliot Wallach. And I recommend highly two thumbs way up for the My Hope Now people. Uh, Sunday, November 5th, Monday, November 6th. Go see this movie in theaters, God of Heaven and Earth. It's the star of Bethlehem and more like you've never seen before. And I highly recommend it. Elliot, great to see you, brother. Thank you yeah. so much for this project. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. You too. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate you, brother. Well, this is a spectacular movie. I was captivated by it, and one of the things I really appreciate about it, as I mentioned before, is you find yourself just glued to this. I mean, it's it's a kind of a lecture, TED Talk type of thing in its presentation, but the information is so compelling. Uh, you won't want to miss a minute of it. You'll probably want to see it at least once, or if not, more than once. Uh, the movie God of Heaven and Earth is premiering on Sunday, November 5th, and Monday, November 6th. It's our Movie Monday Spotlight here on the Bottom Line Show today. Thank you, Elliot Wallach, for being with us. Got a couple pair of tickets for this to give away. So give Crystal a call right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we're going to dig a little deeper as to why a movie like this is so perfect for right now. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Elliot Wallach, longtime friend. We've known each other for about 20 plus years. 
uh, met on some of the projects he was working on. He mentioned um, the uh, movies he made with Michael Landon Jr. for Hallmark and then uh, um, The Help. And then, uh, of course, he's been instrumental. He heads up the distribution side of When Calls the Heart, our good friend Brian Bird putting that together. Brian's been a regular here on the Bottom Line Show as well. Elliot, though, stepping from behind the scenes and being the uh, serving as producer of this great new movie, it's kind of documentary style, called God of Heaven and Earth. And it's a look at the remarkable uh, findings of an attorney who is looking at this just from an I want evidence you know, type of basis. And set basically starts looking into the Star of Bethlehem, the journey of the wise men, and finds a lot of historical data about Jesus that's all very scientifically provable, even to the point where he says, look, I can tell you the exact day and date of Good Friday 33 being, I mean, I've got scientific evidence that confirms that was the day that Jesus was crucified. It's an amazing movie. It's going to be a two-night-only event, screening in theaters on Sunday, November 5th, and Monday, November 6th. And if the ticket sales go well, then they're going to tack on a couple more days so but this is your opportunity to go see it on us we got two pair of tickets to give away today to god of heaven and earth 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line again two pair of tickets on this movie monday for this great new movie called god of heaven and earth it's a documentary plus uh, there's a lot more going on here than just someone reading a lecture or them showing some video about the birth of Jesus and the star of Bethlehem and just even the science that went into having the star stay stationary uh, the way it did because stars don't typically do that you know so it's I mean there's the list goes on this is a, a couple of hours that you will definitely feel were well worth the investment of your time and we've got two pair of tickets to see God of heaven and earth that we're giving away today 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, you can enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you will. Uh, we've got uh, Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. As we continue, um, if you are experiencing a little bit of anxiety with what's happening in the world right now, guess what? You're not alone. A lot of people are facing some challenges, you know, head first into things that they, you know, were planning on and they knew it would be tough but they're putting the nose of the grindstone get it done anyway for other people these are things that literally just drop out of nowhere and they disrupt your life and all of a sudden the anxiety shows up and you're asking yourself how do i continue to keep growing in my faith and walking with the lord during these tough times crystal ward is an author she's a bible teacher uh, and has written a devotional book called Grace to Grow. It's 40 devotions to release anxiety and dive into purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and a copy of the book we're going to give away too. On the other side of this break, Crystal joins me to talk about releasing anxiety and diving into purpose. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a topic that is a growing concern for a lot of people. And it's something that we in the body of Christ, I think, can do a better job of, you know, building a certain measure of resilience, but also acknowledging the fact that, uh, you know, tough times happen and they do lead us to seasons of 
maybe depression or anxiety or you know just anxiousness in general. And my guest today here on the bottom line understands that all too well. Crystal Ward is a Bible teacher. She's a conference speaker, has a ba background in public education and pastoral ministry, which really uh, draws near and dear to my heart. She's the author of a brand new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Crystal Ward, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you so much for having me on today, Roger. And I must say, it's nice to be able to speak to you face to face and not yes. just hear your voice. Yes, absolutely. I, the, our myhopenow.com channel has really kind of brought a whole new lease on life to uh, these conversations. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to do so, especially since your set looks so great. I mean, with your office, it's just, it's wonderful. Um, you. you survive, I mean, you look really calm and cool and collected for somebody who sur survived public education. Can you give us a little bit? I mean, and I say that as the son of uh, parents who are public school educators and have two kids who are in the educational world as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background before we get into your story a little more. I would love to. Yes, I am a former public school teacher, and, and I like to say that the Lord uh, professionally trained me as a teacher and now allows me to teach the Bible. I mean, it's like, Amen. you know, best, you know, best case scenario. So I am from Southern Texas, as you can probably hear. I'm married to BJ Ward and we have three fantastic and sometimes messy children, <laughs> Abby, Emma and Evan. And they are at the at the time of this recording, um, coming home from school. So I cannot promise they won't barge into the room, but, <laughs> but I guess if they do, maybe we can edit it out or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. In this modern world, I mean, the, the zoom, you know, kind of interruptions and things like that are, are the legends of TikTok. So but let them come in and just be who they are. You know I mean? I think that would be wonderful. They, and they might. And, and yeah. that brings me back to what you were talking about, about, uh, about public education is a lot of what I write in the book are kind of tried in the fire mm -hmm. because the schools that I taught in here in Texas and the time period that I taught in is just some of the toughest environments that that you know can be in education certainly not the toughest but some very tough um situations and so i worked with kids that um have struggling homes and don't have the best support system at home and uh, it it definitely was or could be you know just a high stress environment for some teachers and so i learned a lot of what i talk about in the book in those environments and i tell a few stories there too yeah, wonderful. I mean, and as the father of a daughter who recently moved to Texas is now teaching in a public school setting in the Houston area, just outside of Conroe, uh, after eight years in Christian public school, she said, wow, what a difference, but what a mission field. So I am grateful, Crystal, that uh, that you weathered the storm there and uh, let God use that as a battleground and training ground for you. You mentioned your three adorable children, and it's your son that's kind of the focus of your story with regard to anxiety and concern and things of that nature. Kind of give us a 90 second overview, if you would, about what happened to your family back in 2016. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's actually something that I didn't talk about for a very long time because it was just a little too close to home and it, and it left me struggling for, for many years. But uh, I mentioned that our youngest son, his name is Evan. When Evan was only four months old, so you can picture kind of what a four-month-old is like, it's not a lot different than a newborn, had a reaction to some medication and it caused him to have over 70 seizures in 30 mm. days. Mm. And for me, I'm certainly no medical professional, but I think that 
I struggled with symptoms nearing something like PTSD. Mm-hmm. The uh, even even after that that situation, um, you know, was was over and resolved. Uh, Evan is now seven years old. He is. <laughs> wonderful he's an obnoxious little normal seven-year-old boy as they're supposed to be but but um that left me really struggling and battling with fear and anxiety for many years and working through that with the lord you know i can imagine i can resonate with this this, uh, i could go on with a little bit of my story too but we're not here to talk about me we're here to talk about you um the the idea that as a parent a young parent with a four-month-old and you're doing something that you think is, you know, you're told this is the right thing to do, given this medication. You know, there are a lot of people during the pandemic who were saying, I'm not so sure about, you know, mandatory vaccines, things like that. And this is not to get political on that front. But until you've gone through something like what you've gone through, Crystal Ward, I mean, I, I can only imagine that there are some parents who, when you start saying things like mandatory and you must do this, your first thought is, hey, wait, I gave my son what seemed like very safe and healthy medication. And all of a sudden, 70 seizures later, I'm wondering, is he going to live? Is he going to die? Am I going to live? Am I going to die based on everything you're going through? That must have been a horrible situation for you and your husband to have to walk through. It, it was it was definitely very difficult, um, excruciatingly difficult at the time. And then now we revisit that, you know, during COVID and in 2020. And, and I recognize that people's opinions on those things may be all over the map as well as ours uh, were as well. And I'll tell you that I had to do the same thing I had to do in 2016. I had to do it again in 2020. I had to do it when I faced COVID. I had probably had to do it this morning, <laughs> which is to hang on to the goodness of the Lord and who I know he is and what his word says. And I have to identify these struggles that I'm feeling. You know, it can be fear and anxiety, but it can also be things like heaviness or depression-like things. Uh, um, it can be a lot of things, but identify what is it that I'm feeling, but also dig deeper and examine why am I feeling that way? And oftentimes for me, I will tell you that I will find at the bottom of that digging is a question of whether the Lord is really good Mm. and if he's really good to me. And if Mm. I can lean back and trust his goodness, if if I may, not to take too long here, but no, in the Old Testament, that word believe is, is aman in Hebrew. One of the different definitions of aman is to lay back in the arms like a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and so for anyone that may be listening um, now or down the road or, or whenever that, that may be, we have to, at the core of who we are, know that our heavenly father is good and we can trust what he says. Revelation 19 says that his name is faithful and true. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And so that really is where the work began for me in digging through those uh, struggles, the mental struggles that I had and still battle sometimes. I can only imagine. Crystal Ward is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her new book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com as you were talking about that Amon, Crystal. I can't help but think we look at the seven last words of Jesus. And quite frankly, I mean, that what you were just describing is something that every Jewish child was taught to trust in God. And that's the way we, you know, experience him. When Jesus says, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. He's in essence saying, I'm now I lay me down to sleep. I'm laying myself right in your arms like that. 
And to be able to say that that's the level of belief you have, is that something you discovered during Evan's journey? That's great. I, you know, I don't know if I discovered it in one moment. I think that is something that we discover and rediscover and discover more deeply yeah. and revisit. And, and it's something that like, as we go through life, um, we see the evidence of his goodness. And, and, you know, I've been reading in the old Testament in my, in my Bible time, and we can see that with the children of Israel, as they're wandering through the wilderness, they're really, they question God's goodness. And the Lord's like, don't you remember how I led <laughs> you through the Red Sea on dry ground and how I, how I fed you with manna and how I did all these things. And so that's not to say that we should be ashamed or anything when we struggle, but I just want to remind us in our conversation today and anyone that may be listening that yes, God is good and he is good to you. And the more we think about that, the more we recognize that and see that around us, the more at peace and at rest we can be. Mm, I love that. Grace to Grow is the new book by Crystal Ward, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to go through all 40 devotions on the other side. of the, No, we're not going to get to all 40. I mean, there's it's 40 days worth of readings. But we'll talk about some of the highlights and especially the way this book is laid out. I really appreciate the, the practicality of the book Grace to Grow by Crystal Ward. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're in expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with preborn one picture can say way more than that and that picture i'm talking about is an ultrasound picture every donation that goes to preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are when you call 833-850-BABY right now you give a gift of 28 dollars that provides one ultrasound but if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine now that's a fifteen thousand dollar investment but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Crystal Ward is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Her brand new book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I love the way you've set this up, Crystal, with the different sections in terms of acknowledging you know, when a storm happens, but then God's grace and the purpose of this and, you know, the things that we can learn uh, from tragedy. Uh, people learn way more during seasons of adversity and, and uh, you know, that, that whole gauntlet, if you will, than we do when things are easy and good. But there's a recurring theme through all of these different sections of this season here. And that involves, you know, I think of that as a casting crown song, I'll praise you in this storm. You know, I mean, why, why is it that that praise seems to be the thing that most people gravitate to when they're either facing a hard time or they're kind of pulling out of it? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Roger, because I was while you were talking about the storm, 
I was just thinking about a palm tree. And I have read research that says that, you know, I, I live in the Houston region. We get hurricanes, um, you know, uh, fairly often. And these palm trees, when these hurricanes can come through, can lay, it seems like almost at a 45 degree angle. And hmm. I have read research that says that when these uh, storms, or I've heard research that says that when these storms come through, their roots actually go down further and the tree grows in the wow. middle of the storm. And wow. it also reminded me, which is incredible picture, right? We, we want comfort and we want ease. I do too. But honestly, we grow the most when we have to hang on to the hem of his garment, right? Yes. yes. And, and I was thinking about in the Old Testament, you know, the uh, priests would bring these different kinds of uh, tree branches and, and one of them was a willow and the willow is kind of sad looking, right? And then another one of these uh, tree branches is the palm. And we see that in Palm Sunday, yes. which will be coming up not too long from now, right? And, but the palm, are these big, like, jazz hands maybe looking like that's mm -hmm. what the leaves look like right yeah yeah and it's a reminder of praise and when we're going through these trials number one recognize you're you're you will make it in the trial the trial doesn't last forever the lord walks us through these seasons but if we can focus on who God is, get some scriptures in front of us that talk about just how wonderful and good he is and praise him for his goodness. It really takes our eyes off of those difficult situations that are around us and places them on the one who is worthy, who is eternal, who Amen. can get us through the trial. And so praise is powerful at all times, especially in the middle of a trial. You know, I'm talking with Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. And we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I think when a lot of people, I love that image of the 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 trees, you know, the, the palm tree the, 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 the with the roots digging in deeper while the tree is, you know, kind of doing the, you know, flat off to the side, 45 degree angle. Um, at the same time, though, I something tells me that for many of our listeners, when a storm hits, when anxiety comes, it's because of you know something that's been disrupted for whatever reason. And oftentimes we don't think about thriving like the tree is doing. We think about surviving and that's about it. And then it's you survive and you wait until the next one comes and you're trying to get through it. Talk about how we can see God's purpose in the middle of a storm. I mean, what was it like for you and your husband when uh, when your son Evan, you know, he's four months old and he he winds up having 70 seizures, taking medication that was actually prescribed for him that wasn't supposed to hurt him. And yet it caused all sorts of emotional as well as physical pain for him and for your family. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, we I think, try to place purpose on the pain. Like I'm going through this because mm. But, but scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. It, it Like sometimes there's really not like the Lord wants me to walk through this horrible thing because he wants me to learn X, Y, and Z. I don't believe that. I believe our father is a good and perfect father mm -hmm. and that he doesn't put bad things on us so that we can learn good lessons. But scripture does promise in Romans 8. 
828 to be exact, that he will take everything that we go through and turn it for our good. And so I would say like for any listeners that is going through an intense struggle, even now my family is still going through some things. We all go through things. Right. I would just encourage um, whoever may be, may be listening to this to um, remember that every single thing that we go through, the Lord will take that and redeem it. He'll use it for our good. And there's not always some kind of reason why we go through things. Jesus mm-hmm. said, in this world, you will have trouble, but never fear for I've overcome the world. And I would say, prioritize relationship with the Lord walk with him every single day like like actually be friends with him do your day with him be be connected to the lord let him be that good shepherd that walks you through this season and you'll come out stronger on the other side and he'll redeem it for your favor Boy, that's great counsel from Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. A couple minutes left in our conversation, Crystal, and I'd love for you to uh, give our listeners a bit of a biblical exhortation with regard to the process. Because in going through this, oftentimes, you know, we live in a culture that says we treat symptoms rather than diseases, you know, so we want to, you know, minimize the pain wherever we possibly can. And sometimes, you know, that, as you mentioned, you don't want to put purpose on the pain, but God will redeem what you're going through. It's not like he's caught unaware, like, oh, shoot, that happened to Crystal and Evan. And oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, how did that happen? I mean, he he's he's omniscient. Talk about how we can kind of contextualize this, you know, in terms of saying, OK, there is someone listening right now who's going through a major season of anxiety or depression or whatever, for whatever reason. And they're wanting to find freedom and get kind of move past it, not to just, quote unquote, get over it, but, you know, work through it. What, what, what word of encouragement do you have? I think that's a fantastic question. And I think that we spend a lot of time working on the problem and not necessarily the aftermath of the problem. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times these problems, especially like in my case, uh, it's, it's not so much that let's take the issue with Evans. Um, it's not so much that, that, that issue caused fear. It, It probably did cause a lot of fear, but I know that it uncovered a lot of fear that I was already struggling with. And so a lot of the times we focus on getting through the problem, but we don't always look at the underlying things that are left over or uncovered by whatever it is that we are going through. And, and it's reminded me, I'm thinking right now about Peter walking on the water and Peter was doing a good thing. I mean, I, I was doing a good thing by taking care of my son, at least, you know, at least I thought. And, and a lot of the times we go through hard things while doing good things. And just because life is hard doesn't mean we are not doing right. Because mm-hmm. Peter was Peter was walking in a miracle. He gets out of the boat. He's walking on water. The only other than Jesus recorded human that we know to ever have done something like that. And he's walking towards Jesus. But what we don't often remember is there was an intense storm happening around Peter in that moment. And sometimes when we're on our way to do good things, storms come. They just do. It's just life. But as long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he was still walking on that water. Mm 
Mm. But when his eyes got off on the waves, yeah, that's when he started to sing. <laughs> and that's what happens to us, really. As long as we're looking at the Lord, we're gazing at the Lord, so to speak, as we're going throughout our day, we're, we're looking at how good he is, how close, how wonderful, how kind, how he provides for us. And we're looking at all these characteristics about him. It's much easier to walk on that water. But when our eyes divert, right, that's when we really start to struggle. But here's what's so cool. In that moment, Peter called out to Jesus. And so anyone that feels like they're drowning today, do what Peter did. Say, Lord, save me. In that word, save is sozo. It's it's uh, to, mm -hmm. to save, to heal, deliver, and protect. And so, so Peter's calling out to Jesus, save me. What did Jesus do? He didn't condemn Peter. He reached out, he latched onto him and he pulled him close. He did say, why do you have such little faith? Right. But I don't believe it came in a condemning voice. Hmm. And I guarantee you that Peter had more faith after that trial and after Jesus's rescue. Wow, that's powerful insight from Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line, sharing from her heart, sharing from her experiences, and from her brand new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Crystal, thank you so much for the book. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, nice to get to meet you, and hopefully we'll have more conversations in the future. But until uh, uh, then, uh, thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you so much for having me on today, Roger. I enjoyed our visit. Well, this is a very meaningful book, especially now, as so many people are facing anxiety over what's happening in the world, what's happening in the economy. Uh, maybe you're going through an area where there's severe weather challenges where you are, and it just kind of makes you think twice about the things that we have and the way God is working in our lives and how we live toward accomplishing his purpose. Crystal Ward's book, Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose, will help you do everything the title of the book claims to do. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and one copy of this book that we're giving away today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, we're going to take a look at... One of the principles that Crystal writes about in this book that's probably so universal right now that we, we're all going to nod in agreement as to what it is that is bothering us. Let's talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Crystal Ward for joining us today here on The Bottom Line to talk about her book, Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of this book we're giving away today, 800-227-5278. Uh, 
number to get you through to the bottom line. I was thinking about this book and this conversation today. Yesterday, as I was just kind of scrolling through some uh, social media posts, a friend of mine posted this from a woman called Hannah Williams. And I wanted to share it with you just in closing because I wonder how many of us get involved in ministries. I, I, I find myself sharing this statement a lot with people who are in ministries that they didn't want, but this is the one that they wind up with because this is where God has them. Hannah Williams wrote, if you are called to mend the brokenhearted, you are going to wrestle with a broken heart. If you are called to heal God's little ones, you are going to experience your own share of trauma. If you're called to preach and teach the gospel, you will be sifted for the wisdom that anoints your message. If you are called to empower, your self-esteem will be attacked, your successes hard fought. Your calling will come with spiritual warfare and a sifting. Both are necessary for your mantle to be authentic, humble, and powerful. Your crushing won't be easy because your assignment isn't easy, and you can't minister powerfully what you haven't walked out. Read that sentence once again. You cannot minister powerfully what you haven't walked out and through yourself. When you're feeling the weight of it coming down on you, run to the Father who longs to be your comfort. Let him whisper your true identity over you while resting under the shadow of his wings. Position yourself against his heartbeat. Let him renew your strength and set your eyes forward. No olives, no oil, no grapes, no wine. And remember, your oil is not cheap, my friend. Boy, that's such a powerful reminder of who God is and what he calls us to do. And I wonder how many of us right now are trying to do this in our own power, in our own strength, and we're not realizing that God is not only the one who calls us to walk through these valleys, but uses those valleys to prepare us for the greater good that he has called us to do. Uh, Tim Challies is a Canadian author and pastor who has written some really powerful and insightful things over the years and a couple of years ago, his oldest son had gone off to college. Tim's Canadian and his son had gone to college in, I want to say Kentucky or something like that. And unexpectedly, second year of college just died. And Tim's been dealing with the grief of that all the way through. And he was talking about the fact that in the same way that we go to the gym and we lift those weights and our muscles get torn and ripped up and broken down before they could be built back up again. He said he finds that his greatest time of spiritual growth happens at a time of pain, suffering, and grief. And so if you are looking for the grace to grow stronger, understand that you can release your anxiety and dive into purpose, knowing that you don't have to be bound by the anxiety, even if you are called to go through it. You don't have to be bound by the persecution and the suffering, even though you're called to go through it. And in the same way, an athlete conditions his or her body to be stronger for the fight by doing what? Breaking down the existing muscle so it can grow back stronger. Let God comfort you as he grows you through the seasons of challenge. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line.